0: Hey, this is Greg Sanders. Thanks for listening today. It's our hope that this message will help you connect to God, grow in his word, and serve the kingdom in a greater capacity. Thanks for listening and enjoy today's message. Well, this morning is going to be a little bit of a different type of message. Um, I'm thankful to have a lot of family with me today. We've got Megan's grandmother all the way from Toledo, Ohio with us today. Would y'all welcome Grandma Scoby today? And uh, then her sister and her husband and their nephews. And then my sister said she was coming to church today. Did she come? There she is right there and her, her three girls. And uh, so I've just got family everywhere. You know, when I, uh, when I first started in ministry, I was a youth pastor and my sister was in our youth group. If you ever want to do something intimidating, be your younger sister's youth pastor. And so every, every Wednesday after I would preach, she'd tell me when I got home, what I did wrong that, that week in the youth service. So she's come today, so she'll, if I mess up today, don't worry. She'll let me know when I get home today. But I'm uh, so glad to have all of them with us today. They're all a great source of encouragement to me and Megan personally. And I'm uh, just so thankful to have a, a family that loves Jesus alongside of us. Today I want to talk to you, uh, this will be different, because we're going to celebrate a little bit of Kingdom Builders Then I'm going to highlight to you an element of kingdom builders that you may or may not be familiar with. Uh, And so the scripture portion is going to be right up front. So here uh, here comes the scripture portion of this morning. But first, if I was going to put a title on all of this message today, it would be this, Our Great Task. How many understand that as a Jesus follower, you have a great task to fulfill? Now, some jobs in our lives are very easy to recognize. If you have the job, you kind of know your task. If you are an educator, your task is to what? Educate people, whether it's children or adults in the university. If you're an educator, I mean, your job description is in your title, to educate if you are a police officer, uh, I don't know about nowadays, but it seems like in the old days, like your part of your job description was on the side of the car, right? To protect and serve—that was the job uh, of a police officer. If you're a real estate agent, your job is to match people with places to live. The the job kind of the task is clear, but I wonder how clear is it? Do you know your task? As a follower of Jesus Christ. Did you know that, the, that the, the, to denote yourself as a Jesus follower or as, as a disciple or as a Christian. Did you know that you're just you denoting yourself as a Jesus follower. It, it explains to you or it should explain to us. It reminds us that we have a task. How many understand we've not just been called to be Disciples. Some people think my goal is to be a disciple of Jesus. If that's your goal, then that's half of your job. Right? The Great Commission is not go into all the world and be disciples. Sometimes, I can tell the more quiet you are, the better I'm preaching. Sometimes I feel like we feel like that's our goal. To go into all the world and be a disciple. Disciple. But that's not what Jesus said. He said, go into all the world and what? Make disciples. And here's what I've discovered. You can focus on being a disciple and not make disciples. But if you focus on making disciples, you will automatically feel the pressure to be a disciple because you understand that people are watching me to find their way to Jesus. See, the great commission is not for us to go be disciples. Our, our commission is to make disciples. Disciples. That's why Jesus said, "Let your light so shine before men, that they would see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven." Our job is to leave this place in a few moments, and when we enter the marketplace, we enter the schoolyard. Our job is to let our light so shine before people that they would see the work of our heavenly Father in us. Not, not to say that we're better than someone. Not, especially not to say we're different from someone. Can I tell you, we live in a world where everyone. Likes Likes to be different. But God's called us to be more than just different. He's called us to display the power and the person of Jesus and to lead others in discovering that same person and that same power. That's all Matthew chapter 28 says. Therefore, go and make disciples. I want to ask you to say those two words with me. Make disciples. That's, that is our great task, is to make disciples. Uh, I've, I'm just kind of preaching to myself and some of this this morning because it is very easy for us to believe that my great job is to be a disciple. But friends, we've got to break that limitation off of our thinking. Our job is not to simply be a disciple. And friends, I understand being a disciple is a pretty challenging job. In itself, right? If you live in the same zip code as I do, in the same year that I do, which we all do, if you're breathing air this morning, it, it just be, I understand being a disciple is 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 hard enough. But if we just try to be a disciple, if you were on a if you're on a to to make Christianity look like a football game, being a disciple would be considered defense. But making disciples would be considered offense, right? And God has not called us to live our whole life simply on defense, just trying to be. He's also called us to make disciples. The very first disciples Jesus called, he didn't say, come and follow me and I'll make you a disciple. No, his very first introduction to discipleship was come and follow me. And what did he say? I will make you fishers of men. Everything they were to learn from Jesus was so they could pass it on to someone else. As soon as you got that point, say, I got it, and I can move on. You got it? Awesome. Three people were quiet, so let me start over. No, Matthew 25, here's our last bit of Scripture until I share some different ones. But um, When the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the angels with Him, He will sit on His glorious throne I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came and visited me. Why would, why would, why would anyone care that we do these things? It's because as you, as you care for people while they're hurting, and you love people while they're far off, and you're there for people when they're going through tribulations. And you love those who seem unlovable. All of those, we don't do those things because we're trying to be good people. We're, we do all those things because we're, we're, we're making disciples, right? And you make disciples in the process, most often of a relationship. When do we do these things? The righteous will answer. When did we see you, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and gave you something to drink? When did we see you as a stranger and invite you in? When did we see you needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? And the king will truly reply, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Father, help us in our time together to focus our attention on our great task. Lord, it is so easy for me personally to get my life fixated on my own task. Lord, it's so easy for me to focus on being a disciple. But God, you've called me to more than just being a disciple. You've called us to be a disciple who makes disciples. Help me today to to live up to that and live that out in my life. Help me to speak what you want spoken to us today. Help us to receive this word and respond accordingly. And we'll give you thanks for it. Everybody in the room say amen. So why do we reach beyond ourselves? Why do we say on this banner behind me that people matter to God? Because our job is to make disciples. Why do we? Why, why do we? You know, grow, connect. And serve. And why are we always challenging you to, to grow spiritually, connect with God and people? Why don't we challenge you to, to, to serve the Lord and serve His house? Why, why don't we challenge you to give sacrificially? Because it's in those processes that we become not just a disciple, but we switch into being disciple makers. See, the DNA of Jesus includes seeking and saving that which is lost. I saw what Luke said in uh, chapter 10, that the Son of Man came, sorry, chapter 19, to seek and save that which was lost. And if his great goal was to seek and save that which was lost, and our great goal is to be like Jesus, then when, when, when we become like him, we're going to start doing things like he did. We're having a heart for others. So every Sunday, we challenge you, and every Sunday, almost every Sunday, we celebrate kingdom builders. Kingdom builders, if you're new to our church, at the beginning of the year, we we have ongoing partnerships with about uh, I think it's I think Kelly is at about 40 different missionaries. About 40 different missionaries and organizations in Cabot and around the world, we have a relationship with. Them. So every month, as you're giving to kingdom builders, we are supporting mission. 40 different missionaries and organizations around the world. So when you give to Kingdom Builders, if you don't know where that money's going, the best way for me to tell you is it's going everywhere. Why is it going everywhere? To take the gospel further, faster, because we've been called to not just be disciples, but to be a disciple maker, to seek and to save that which was lost. That's why Kingdom Builders exist, right? And sometimes we go, and you give, and you, uh, maybe you wonder, maybe you never wonder, maybe you just say, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm doing what the Lord spoke to my heart, and the results are up to Him, and I don't really care to know what's going on, but, but that's, that's what's going on. Over, over 40 different uh, organizations and missionaries a month are being supported by your giving to Kingdom Builders. And this morning, this is a time of year that we actually, uh, on top of those 40, 40 different uh, people we support every month. We also uh, we also take on some different projects every year that help those missionaries and those organizations uh, take the gospel further, faster. Um, and so today, I want to announce we're releasing uh, the checks for being signed by our board members before the service today uh, because of your giving. Uh, this this morning, we are releasing one check this morning in the amount of ten thousand dollars to purchase amen to purchase fire bibles which is if you don't know what a fire bible is i don't have one in my hand but but a fire bible is a copy of god's word with commentary from a spirit filled perspective that is placed in a pastor's hand most of whom have never read the bible or had a copy of god's word in their native language now it could be that they you know, they speak, they, they were raised in one language and they speak a little bit of English and they've had an English copy of God's word, but they've never had it in their own native language. They've never had it to where it spoke to their heart language. And, and today, uh, you are really, we were able, were able to release $10,000 to put copies of God's word. Most of those copies go into pastors' hands who then share it with their congregation. I had a video that I've shown you over and over again, so I didn't show it today. But I've got a video I'll show you some other time because it's one of my favorite ones where a friend of mine actually recorded a service about this size, a little bit larger. They had about 500 pastors, and they showed up, and they brought each of them their very first copy of God's Word. Not people, pastors that were given their very first copy of God's Word, and when they were distributing those Bibles you would have thought they were giving away millions of dollars to every person because the place stood up and they erupted and they clapped for minutes and minutes on end. And they just it was, it was like they'd won the lottery, so to speak, because someone had given them a copy of God's Word. And today, you've made that a reality for hundreds, if not thousands of pastors today. So we say, God bless you. I look in our congregation, and she's kind of hiding behind Tim Ford right now, but Miss Vicki, Miss Vicki, we also wrote a check this morning that we want to make sure you get before you leave today. Help us save a stamp. Miss Vicki didn't just found Options Pregnancy. She is the passionate preserver and presenter of options. There's no telling how many... Babies have been saved because of the pregnancy, pregnancy center here in Cabot and the surrounding areas. I know she's got numbers, but here's what also I know. The numbers you get are never the real number. It's just the tip of the iceberg of what difference you made. So, Miss Vicki, we've got a check for options pregnancy today for $7,500. We want to ask you to just... Do what what the Lord has allowed you to do with that. We're also released a check today for $2,000 for a ministry across town called Hope's Closet, which takes care of feeding and clothing people every single week. I got a phone call from a church member this week asking me if, if we support them, and the answer is yes, we support them because you enable us to do that. That and many, many other things I could... I could highlight those 40 different missionaries and what they do. I could spend the rest of this morning talking about what you enable us to do as a church, but instead, I want to spend the rest of my time today talking about one other partnership we have that is deeply dear to my heart. Um... I first learned of it five or six years ago, probably. Um, It's one more check we want to release today, but we want to ask you to help us release a check today from Kingdom Builders. If you are keen on what's about to happen, someone someone in this room just put two and two together and thought, he's going to ask me for some money before I leave here today. (laughs) Yes, I am. Project Rescue, if you're not familiar with it, Project Rescue is one of our partnerships. It exists to reach and restore victims of sexual slavery, sex trafficking, through the love and the power of God. Now, Project Rescue is not, there's several organizations that are out there that is about raising awareness for sex trafficking and human trafficking. Project Rescue is not about raising awareness nothing wrong with those organizations. I thank God for organizations that are raising awareness of this need. Project Rescue goes way beyond that. We are physically rescuing ladies and children off the street, going to where they are exploited and physically, Pastor, can you put that in a picture? It's exactly what it sounds like. If you could picture a van pulling up and a child or a woman jumping in and then squealing away before they get caught, that's exactly what I'm talking about this morning. It is as ground, as much as boots on the ground as anything I've ever seen. That's what we're talking about this morning. And today I want to talk to you about a specific Project Rescue. They're sinners. They are they're literally around the world. But this year we're partnering with a specific center in the in the middle of Madrid, Spain. Now, Spain, when I say that, maybe your mind goes to some uh some James Bond movies you saw as a kid. maybe you think of uh you know exquisite beaches, you think of wonderful uh, travel tourist destinations, but basically. Spain has become a center of sex trafficking. It's, it's an epidemic in their culture and their society there. Approximately 600,000 people are trafficked every year through Spain. Um, recent reports show that about 300,000 ladies are, are being used and controlled by sex slavery in the country. One survey revealed that those that live there de- uh, consider prostitution and sex slavery as just a normal part of society. 40% of all men in the country have paid for sex at least one time in their life. The mafia in Spain has made sex trafficking a Billion dollar business. Currently, there is more than 28 billion, that's a B, 28 billion dollars a year made off of sex slavery in Spain. To put that perspective, that's 5 billion more than McDonald's made last year. That's 8 billion more than the income of Marriott Hotels and their 7,000 properties. 18 times more than the annual income of Callaway Golf. One, I just want to tell you a couple of stories. One young lady who was brought to Spain was from Romania. She was brought there by someone she trusted. She thought she was going on holiday with her new boyfriend. Instead, he drove her over the border, and within 24 hours, she was on the streets. Maria is her name. They interviewed her once she came to a Project Rescue home and asked for her story. And she said it like this. It just happened so fast. It's difficult to describe how much you can be broken in such a short time. The shock and the trauma makes you go into survival mode. You don't have time to realize what's happened to you. She spent eight months being prostituted on street corners and brothels and in strange apartments. She said, you're alive, but you're not really existing. She said, not one man who paid to sleep with me asked if I was there out of choice or forced. They didn't care either way. She was told by her captives that in order to be free, she would have to pay off a debt of $21,000 before they would release her. With the Romanian traffickers, they threaten to kill your mother and your sister and your children if you don't pay off your debt. And people always ask, why don't you just run away or go to the police? But they don't understand that you can't just stop a random person on the street and ask for help because if you leave or if they helped you, someone you love could get killed. Maria's debt was relatively low. The debt owed to her traffickers uh, to traffickers are typically 50,000 euros and up. On the street, the girls get 20 euros per service. A top girl can earn as much as 100 euros. If you do the math, it seems like that they could pay their way out in nine or 10 months. But that's not the way, that works. Or the way it works. The girls are actually forced to pay at mafia prices the rent for the room where they're being exploited, every bit of personal items, their food, their clothing, their basic necessities. And so instead of their debt decreasing every month, their debt actually increases every month. And they're told, if you kill yourself, we'll go back and we'll get your family or we'll kill them. It's a horrible horrible way. They live every day with financial threats, physical threats, threats to their family, forced drug addiction, and what can only really be described as demonic control. Another person I want to introduce you to is Amy. She's one of the women that came to this home in Madrid, and uh, today I want to share you her story by way of video.
1: stories that we could tell but another girl who has really come through an amazing way is Amy and she's from Nigeria and uh, she as well came from the typical situation of just extreme poverty which uh, makes girls believe in the dream to come to Europe to have a good job she thought she was coming to Spain to be a nanny Uh, when she arrived here, um, she discovered as well that it was sexual exploitation. And they would tell her, you know, if you don't do as we say, your family will die, you as well will be killed. She really believed that she was going to die there in the streets in prostitution. When we met her, we found a completely destroyed woman, both emotionally, spiritually, uh, physically. We detected that she was a victim and asked if she would speak to the police. She agreed and she was freed from the detention centre, came into the New Beginnings home. And her story is just amazing of a complete restoration. And that today she's actually, just as the Bible says, is more than a conqueror. She's conquered fear, she's conquered um, so many things in her life. You can just see she's just happy now with her present and has hope and, and big dreams for her future. And she's actually now a helper here in the home and can help a lot of other, other girls that once, um, as they come in the home, you know, she says to them, this was, this was me uh, some months ago, a couple of years ago, and yet now uh, God has changed my life.
0: If you've, if you've ever wondered, does what I do matter to God? There are hundreds of stories like Amy's who would love to tell you today. What you do for God matters to Him and matters to people. Amy was forced into trafficking. She was told when she was first forced into sexual slavery. Her captors told her not to worry about how it makes you feel or how it feels physically, that basically you'll get used to it. She said, but you never get used to it. She was told that she only had to participate as long as her debt was paid off, but she discovered her debt would never be paid off. Fiona, the director of the Project Rescue House in Spain that we're partnering with, said these words. She said, Spain has become the Amazon of human trafficking. If you need it or want it, you can find it in Spain. Girls come from all over the world thinking they're going to be a nanny, work in a resort, but instead they're forced into prostitution. Last year, a teen visited the area where the girls are sold and we've got just a picture that you can see out of a car window that shows an area close to where the trafficking starts the uh, person who shared with me the video said I can't show you any, any pictures closer than this because you wouldn't be able to see them or show them in church they're too graphic but one of the girls that first came into Project Rescue's home was 18 years old The first time that they rescued her, brought her into the home, she would tell her testimony of how she'd been rescued, how God had changed her life. But when she told her story, she was very bashful. She was very, she couldn't hardly look up. But as she's been there through several months, now when she tells her story, she says it with boldness. She says it with assurance because she knows Jesus has changed her life. And now when new girls are brought in, and they begin to share their story. She puts her hand on their shoulder and she encourages them. And she tells them that just as God has changed my story, God can change your story. When this team, who was actually filled with a few friends of mine, went, they met this young lady. And though she was bold in sharing her story in the home, she'd never been back to the streets where she'd been rescued from. But while the team was there, she went in the van with them, and she was going to go back and try to help rescue some girls that evening. And she told them when they got ready to leave the house, I'm only going to stay in the van, and I'll just pray for people in the van. Y'all get out, you try to minister, but I'm just going to stay in the van and pray. They said it was amazing. As soon as they pulled up to the area, The first person out the door was this young lady. And she went and found someone in the light that she'd been freed from. And she began to explain to them, you can be free also. She was never taught these lines behind my back that says people matter to God. But her relationship with Jesus proved to others. It it just flowed out of her naturally that she had to tell someone else. She wasn't just a disciple of Jesus now. She was now someone who was making disciples for Jesus. She wasn't just someone who experienced the freedom of Jesus. She was someone giving the freedom of Jesus to others. And friends, you and I have been, we've been commissioned the same way. We have not been called just to be people of freedom. We've been called people to be people who would give the same freedom we found in Christ to others. Project Rescue in Madrid is a is a beautiful place. It's an out-of-place place. place. It's, it's, it's a beacon of light in a city of darkness. And it's been rescuing. Ladies and children, usually about a dozen at a time, every year for years. But our home in Madrid is in jeopardy, which is why I'm here today. This is why I'm highlighting this part of Kingdom Builders. This is where we can help. For years, they've been able to rent that home, which is centrally located in order to provide a safe space, but also... A space that can house girls administration and be relatively close to where the place is that needs to be rescued from uh, it's in jeopardy today they've been renting it at below market value for for years and years but now the property is is forced into being sold and project rescue has a opportunity they either have to purchase it or vacate it and they're Hope is to purchase it. The home costs $714,000, which uh, sounds like a lot of money to me anyway, Uh, but it's actually a, a great bargain in that market. And The people that they have been renting from for all these years so believe in what they're doing that they are going to credit the rent paid up to this point as part of the purchase price. We're just going to give it back to them as a down payment. Um, when I was told of this need several months ago, there was, there was already close to $175,000 in addition that had been coming come in for the project. So it's just over $500,000 that needed to be, to be raised. Now, the good news is that we are a fellowship. So when we do projects like this, it's not just us trying it. To do it alone. It's us and several of our sister churches. Um, and so here's how you can help. I want to ask you to help us today. Um, this this property is basically being sold for uh, about $238 a square foot. It could be that there's a person or a group of people in the room today that you would like to buy a square foot of this house, two two $238. Or maybe you want to do half of that, which is $119. Of course, you can't just purchase the house. you got to also continue to care for the girls. It costs about $250 a month to care for a girl. About $3,000 a year. When I heard the need, I I began to pray. I said, Lord, what do you want us to do as a church? And I know that you're going to look down on me for my mind, being this carnal. But when I first heard the need about them needing to purchase a house, my, my brain said, Greg, you need to stay out of this. You're trying to, you're, you're, the assembly is trying to build their own house right next door. We've got our own building to pay for. And as soon as I said that in my mind, I just felt the Holy Spirit convict me. I said, Greg, it's not that you have a house in Cabot and they have a house in Spain. They're all the house of God. They're all the kingdom of God. And I just felt him remind me, you trust me with that house as they're trusting me with their house. You be obedient to what opportunities I put in your hand and let me be faithful to every place I've sent my spirit. So I committed us as a church to to raise $15,000 to help purchase this building this year. Um, and we can do it. We just need your help. So that's why I'm here today. I highlighted this one project of Kingdom Builders because I felt like if more people knew the need or heard the need, there may be some that have not really gotten on board with Kingdom Builders because maybe you don't know that this is a real ministry that's touching real lives. There may be others that. Want to help? Maybe you've already given at one level. Maybe you've already done what you planned on doing for Kingdom Builders this year, but you want to get involved in a deeper level. Today, I've asked, uh, I'm asking our ushers to come back one more time. This is not the tithe. This is, this is a. This is purely an offering. This is purely a moment where you say, "This I sense the Lord." asking me to do something. Of course, you can always give online. You can give through the app. You just label it Kingdom Builders. You can write in the memo, Project Rescue. Uh, everything that is labeled Project Rescue goes to Project Rescue. Everything in this offering today is going to go to Project Rescue. You can give in person. You can give online. If, uh, if you've been part of our church for a long time, you know there's only, uh, this is a rarity. I, I rarely we we pitch Kingdom Builders in the beginning. The rest of the special offerings we don't we don't do that. We do Kingdom Builders, but this is part of Kingdom Builders. And I just felt like a highlighted emphasis was necessary to let you know about the number one, the great work we're already doing. But number two, the great opportunity we have as a church to continue to partner. Megan, if you'll come this morning, I want to pray. Then we're going to receive. Lord, you said. Luke 19, verse 10, that you came to seek and save the lost. Lord, we are, we are seeking and saving with you because you've commanded us to, you've instructed us to, you've given us opportunities to. And this morning, we don't want anyone to give out of, out of a grudging heart. We don't want anyone to give out of an emotional response only. We want to be givers out of Holy Spirit conviction only. With a desire to honor you and partner with you only. So I pray that every bit of human pressure would be relieved so that only Holy Spirit-driven participation will be received in this moment because it's what we do when we're nudged by the Spirit of God. That accomplishes your will and your work. So that's all we want. But Lord, you've called us to not just be disciples, you've called us to be disciple makers. And this is one way we can partner with what you're doing. So I pray that you'll take what is given today, multiply it to meet the needs of Project Rescue in Madrid as they are reaching ladies and children who are far from you, but you love deeply that you're going to use so that those who are far from you can be restored, redeemed, and know the joy of the Father's heart. Use us in that process. In Jesus' name, amen. May the Lord bless you as you give this morning. Thank you for worshiping with us today. I want to say, um, I hope you will leave with two things today. Number one, a heart, I will consider partnership with Project Rescue through Kingdom Builders. But number two, I pray we will all also leave with the recognition that God has not just called us to be a disciple. He's called us to be a disciple maker. Amen? Amen. It is uh, 1129, and no one's told you yet today they love you. Let me be the first to tell you, I love you. God bless you. So, Lord, I pray you'll bless the people today. Lord, bless them. Keep them. Let your face shine upon them. I pray for every person to receive prayer this morning and sit in for others that the miracles of God will be made manifest in every area of their life. We'll give you thanks for it in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. If you're a first-time guest, I'd love to greet you and meet you. I'll be on the front porch in about 30 seconds. Have a wonderful day. Thanks for worshiping with us. Hello, this is Greg Sanders, pastor of the Assembly here in Cabot. I want to say thanks for listening today. If you're ever in the Cabot area, we'd love to have you join us for a service for service times, check out our webpage at theassemblycabot.com Thanks again for listening. We hope you have a great day, and God bless.